This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to our online service. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman with For His Glory Ministry, and we come together every Sunday from all over the world to do just this, unify our faith, learn to be more like Jesus, worship our Lord with music and singing. And today I have a very special start to the month of April. The Lord gave me a brand new series called The Rescue Series. And we're gonna be looking at uh, different ways that God has been rescuing his people all the way up to Easter Sunday, the ultimate rescue. So I'm, there's something special that you're gonna be hearing today that's meant just for you. And so I'm excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're joining us. And before we get started, before we hear God's word today, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that today is a brand new day. I thank you that we can come together as a body of believers and unify our faith and learn more about you. And I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word. And I just pray now for a fresh anointing. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. Open our ears and our hearts for whatever it is that you have for each one of us today. Meet us exactly where we are. Bring us all together, Lord, as your body, your church. Help us to be more like you. We love you and praise you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you joined us last month, we had a series probably over the last six to eight weeks that was called the Real Truth Series, Real Truth for the Real World. And that series really prepared us to make our way to the cross, to look at some things that we struggle with in this world and learn how to apply God's word to our lives. And we talked a lot about how God is restoring us back to himself, that he's made a way. um, And we can see that in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, how um, God continually draws us to himself to have that relationship with us. And so last week, if you were with us, we looked at uh, the Old Testament. We looked specifically at the Old Testament and just this ebb and flow, this relationship between God and his people to restore them back to himself. And we see this in many different stories, these rescue stories where, where God is doing just that. And so God really placed it upon my heart that before we look forward to the cross, before we uh, get into the month of April and unpack some rescue stories showcasing what God is doing, that we really need to understand what does rescue really mean? What does it look like to um, ask ourselves, are we ready to be rescued. And what does that truly mean? And as I was unpacking God's word, as I was preparing for the sermon, God really revealed it to me 
that if we want to be rescued, we have to surrender. We have to surrender all the things about ourselves, our life, and, and that's a really challenging thing to do. And so a lot of times we want to be rescued, but we're not willing to do what it takes for God to rescue us. And so we're going to look at those two things today, those two counter-cultural things, those two words, rescue and surrender. And we're going to unpack those meanings, unpack what it truly means to be rescued and to surrender our lives as we make our way to the cross so that we can fully receive all the gifts that God wants to give us, especially this month as we recognize Easter, we recognize what Jesus did for us on the cross, we recognize everything that he went through so that we could have the gifts that God promises us. Now the definition of rescue, if we're going to look at that today, is the act of saving someone. The act of saving someone, especially when they are in distress. So if you happen to catch the, the opening video and, and showed the picture of today's sermon, there was this hand that was underwater reaching up and this hand reaching down and they were grasped in this clutch, right? And so there's distress in someone and there's a need for rescue. And most of the times when you think about rescue, you think about someone being rescued from a fire, rescued from water, maybe they're drowning or they're struggling, rescued from a hard situation, maybe an abusive relationship, rescued from this situation in their life. But truly when you think about rescue, no one really wants to be rescued. Nobody wants to be in a fire. Nobody wants to be struggling in the water. No one wants to be in an abusive relationship. The thought of being rescued isn't something that we want. No one wants to think that they are in a situation where they need to be rescued, at a point in their life where they need help. Because no one wants to admit that vulnerability. No one wants to admit that they've got themselves backed into a corner and that they need someone else to help them. The world will tell us, rescue yourself. Don't admit that you need anyone. Be strong enough to rescue yourself. Don't, don't ask for help. You can do it. Roll with it. You only live once anyways. There's, there's lots of cultural sayings that tell us how we should live and that we don't need to be rescued. And so in doing that, we walk around hiding our vulnerabilities. We walk around pretending that we're okay, that we have it all together because we don't want to show anyone that we're struggling. We don't want to show anyone that maybe we've made some mistakes. We don't want to show the world that we need help. And not letting anyone know that we're hurting puts us in a situation where a lot of times we're isolated and we're alone and we're pretending. And like I showed you a few weeks ago when I had the different t-shirts on, 
A lot of times we put on that I'm fine t-shirt and we tell the world we're okay. And in doing that, we put this wall up, right? Where no one can come any closer than this. And this is what we put off to the world. We don't allow someone to come in and help us, to give us their insight, to pray over us. We don't admit that we need help. Whatever kind of help is needed, whether that's therapy, whether that's help for addiction, whether that's help for an abusive relationship, we need to ask ourselves, truly, in this moment, what do we need help with? What do we need to be rescued from? We have to uh, lay down that wall and, and get vulnerable for a second and look at our lives and ask that hard question. What do we need God to rescue us from? And more importantly, are you willing to let him rescue you? Here's the second part of that equation. So let's talk about surrender for a moment. Surrender, the definition of that is to cease resistance and to submit to that authority, someone else's authority. Again, in the world today, surrender is not a word that you want to use. Surrender means someone else is going to win. Surrender means that we've lost. Surrender means that we no longer have control. And no one wants to surrender. No one wants to give up that illusion of control. No one wants someone else to win. It's ours, right? We're holding on to this illusion of control, this illusion of victory that we think we'll have if we can just keep pushing on, even though we're pushing on in the same situation that we're in day in and day out. Somehow, I'm going to get to the other side and it's going to be okay. And we think that that is going to be okay, even though we're still operating the same way. We're not doing anything new. We're not doing anything different. We're just pushing through. I've shared with you in the past that in my old life, it was like me jumping on the bulldozer in my backyard and moving things around. There was nothing new, nothing new in my life. We ultimately don't want to surrender to anyone because then we're admitting. It's like we're admitting defeat. We're admitting that we failed. We're admitting that we didn't do it right. And so a lot of times we walk around not wanting to surrender that last shred, that last shred of something that we're holding on to. Because then if we give that up, we're admitting that we've made a mistake. We're admitting that we've done things wrong. And then there's this whole rush of grief and guilt and resentment and bitterness that can fall in. And by putting our arm up, we're keeping it at bay. And let me tell you, this stance right here gets tiring after a while. Keeping our arm up all the time. 
trying to put on a face and a front saying, it's okay, I'm okay, I've got this, I've got this. And this arm is getting weaker and weaker and we're getting more and more defeated in our journey. And this is where the struggle happens. I mean, we, we read about this last week. We saw the struggle between the Israelites and God, this ebb and flow, where they thought in these moments where they were provided for and they had food and they had water and they had all the things that they needed, they started to go away from God because they felt like they had everything they needed. I don't need God. I'm good right now. I've got everything I need, food, water. I've got a shelter. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm feeling pretty good. And the farther that they go off the path, right? And we read about that in the Old Testament. The farther they go off the path and and go out on their own and start thinking that they can do things on their own without God, they're moving farther and farther and farther away from God's provision and God's protection. And that hedge of protection that we see when we're encamped by God, when we're in the palm of his hand, when we're living with him, in community with him. And yet the Israelites would stray and go off the path and go do their own thing and create their own idols and worship their own gods. And they move farther and farther out of the will of God. And then they find themselves one day and they're not feeling provided for and they're stuck and they have their enemies surrounding them. And that's when they start to cry out. They start to cry out to God, where are you, God? I need you. I need you, God. And they start to make their way back to God. And we see this time and time again, this ebb and flow. They start to have the confidence in themselves and they start to move away from God. And when that changes, they start to cry out, help us, rescue us. And they start to put him first again. And the cycle continues. Do you see that in your own life today? Do you see where you're feeling confident about your job or your marriage or your family or your situation or how much money you have in the bank? And you're like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I don't, I don't think I need God today, maybe tomorrow, depending on what the news says and how the world is looking. Maybe I'll need God tomorrow, but today I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And the more that you rely on yourself, the further you move away from God and his protection and his community and his love. When I look at the world today, there are so many people that want to be rescued, that need to be rescued, yet they're not willing to surrender. I know. I was one of those people. For 17 years, I struggled asking God to rescue me, yet I wasn't willing to give up my life. I wasn't willing to give up the choices that I was making. You see, I wanted to keep making my own decisions, whatever, whatever those look like. 
I wanted to keep drinking. I wanted to keep looking at things I wasn't supposed to. I wanted to keep spending money. I wanted to keep my life. It's my life. I should be able to do whatever I want. Whatever that looks like. And so all those years that I was asking God to rescue me and heal me from my mental illness, heal me from all of the choices and the consequences that I had made, everything that I had done to put myself in that situation, God was whispering to me, I need you to surrender. I need you to surrender your life. I need you to surrender your will. I need you to start operating and cooperating along my word because I don't work outside of my word, Amy. I don't work outside of my word. I gave it to you so that you could align your life with it. And when you do that and you align your life with my word, then I can work and move in you. And I didn't know that. And I wasn't willing to surrender. And for 17 years, my friends, it didn't work. Operating in my own flesh, wanting my own way, crying out to God. And you can bet the entire time I was crying out to God, the enemy was having his way with me. And I was isolated and alone, keeping the world at bay, telling everyone I was fine and that I've got this. I don't need to be rescued and I'm certainly not going to surrender. Well, I want to have us look at a specific story today in the Bible that kind of talks about this, uh, this surrendering, right? This giving something up and giving into the authority of God. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 19. We're going to be looking specifically at verses 16 through 30. And this story is called The Rich and the Kingdom of God. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he required. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, 
Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Now this text is specifically looking at money that this man would have had to surrender, to give up, to follow Jesus. But my question for you today is what is it that you have that you need to give up, that you need to surrender to follow him? What is it that is in the place of money? What is it that is so important to you that you're not willing to surrender it to the Lord so that he can rescue you. I know I was there, right? I didn't want to give up my own will. I didn't want to surrender the decisions that I wanted to make in my life. I wanted what I wanted and I wasn't willing to live any other way except for Amy's way. What is it today that you're struggling with? In this man's case, God was promising him eternal life beyond his wildest dreams in the next if he were to lay down the riches that he had and follow him. In this life, Jesus was asking him to put the kingdom of heaven and Jesus first so that he could claim his riches in the next. You can insert anything in the place of money, control, power, your job, a person, self-will, an addiction, a lifestyle. What do you need to give up? What is so important to you that you're not willing to follow Jesus because you want to hang on to that? You're not willing to surrender. Maybe you're saying, I'm not ready to give that up. That's too important to me. Maybe you're saying, I don't want to be rescued and fix what's going on. And I'm not willing to surrender that. You can't have that yet, Lord. That's not for you. That's only for me. I'm not going to give you that area of my heart. You can have these rooms over here, but this one, this one's my room. I get to do whatever I want here. In our human minds, we can't imagine the kind of gifts, the kind of, the gifts that Jesus is talking about, right? That we're going to inherit someday when we come into heaven, into that everlasting life. 
We don't, we can't imagine the kind of life that God wants to give us if we were to fully surrender. I know for me, I couldn't imagine what it would look like if I laid down all those things that I had to walk with God. And a lot of times we're stuck because of the unknown, because we like the familiar. We like the familiar. We like how life is right now. We know what it's like, but out here with God holding his hand, I don't know what that looks like. And I'm not ready to do that yet. I like my space here. Well, I want you to think about it this way for a second. Imagine back in my old life, I was sitting in a mud puddle. I was sitting in a mud puddle and I was very happy. I was splashing in the mud. I was playing in the mud. I would sit in the mud and I loved the mud. The mud was my home. The mud puddle made me feel safe. Everything about the mud was great. And the Lord wanted to rescue me from the mud. And he was saying, Amy, I have great plans for you. I want you to come with me. I want you to get up out of the mud. I want you to have this brand new life. All you have to do is take my hand. All you have to do is get up and get out of the mud. And as I'm sitting in it, covered in the mud and the grime of all my sin and my shame and everything that I was used to, my familiar life, I say, no, Lord, this is all I know. This is my mud. I like this mud. The unknown seems scary to me. I mean, what would it look like to be out of this mud puddle? And in his quiet voice, he says, I will show you when you get there. But you have to trust me. You have to surrender your will. I want to rescue you. This month, as we're making our way to the cross, celebrating what Jesus did on the cross, the ultimate rescue that God did was put in place. We read in the Old Testament all the rescue stories, but what Jesus did on the cross was the ultimate rescue, restoring us back to himself. That, that there's a gift waiting for you right now when you surrender. A gift of life, a gift of abundant life, a gift of everlasting life, forgiveness of sins, joy, peace in a broken world, provision, love, acceptance. Jesus has all of those gifts waiting for you when you surrender. And he wants to rescue you. All you have to do is give him his hand. 
but to grab hold of it to fully receive the sacrifice that Jesus did that he made for you and for me we need to surrender we need to give up that control we need to let him lead us into everything that he has planned for us we need to let him lead our life and we need to lay all the things down that we are used to and follow him my friends I've gotten up out of the mud puddle I'm brand new and clean and walking with Jesus holding his hand allowing him to take me into everything that he has for me and it's so much more than I could have ever imagined it's such a different life so beautiful and while I was trapped for so many years sitting in the mud in my sin I was missing out on all the things that God had for me and I will never go back and I, and I don't know what your situation is today and what you're sitting in, but let me just encourage you and tell you that all you have to do is reach out and grab his hand and get up out of your mud. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And he wants you to have it. So I've come up with an acronym to help you take the next step, to think about what it would look like to be rescued. So let's look at that acronym, rescue, and what each letter means and represents for us today. R, repent. The very first thing that we need to do is repent of our sins. Whatever that looks like for you. I had to repent of my selfishness. I had to repent of my self-will. I had to repent of the things that were not aligned in God's word. The desires of the flesh, the, the addiction, the, the mental illness, the, the way I navigated my life thinking that I could do it all on my own. I had to repent of all of those things and lay that all down at the foot of the cross. Today, the Lord will reveal to you the things that you need to repent, but that's the very first step to repent. E is for evaluate. What are you holding on to today? What are you not willing to let go of? Maybe that's money or control, or a person that is not helping your life. Whatever that is, that can't be the most important thing. Jesus has to be. So evaluate, what are you holding on to today? S is for surrender. You need to let it go. Whatever it is that is taking that first place in your life, you need to surrender it up to the Lord. You need to let Jesus be first in your life. And, and all those things that you're holding on to, you need to let them go. C is cultivate an intentional life. So when we think about the word cultivate, I immediately think of a garden. So you have to look at your, your heart 
right, as a garden? What are you planting in your heart? What are you growing in your heart? If you're growing despair and discouragement and depression and hatred, then we're putting the wrong seeds in there, right? You've got to pull up all the weeds. You've got to cultivate the soil. You've got to prepare uh, the garden of your heart for God's word to be planted there so that you can cultivate the kind of life that God wants for you and has for you. You is understand it's a journey. I think so many times we think of this life as we're sprinting, right? We're sprinting. We're going from point A to point B. We've got to get there as fast as we can and we got to forget about everything else and we just need to get there. And my friends, it's, it's not this sprint. It's not this fast paced, you know, try to get there, take everybody out as you can get there first. No, Jesus tells us that the first will be last and the last will be first. And that this isn't a sprint. This is a day by day walking journey, holding God's hand, stepping into everything that he has for us. And it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. That's not how God works. The Bible tells us that a thousand days, a thousand years is one day and um, one day is a thousand years. God doesn't have time. It's not the same as it is for us when we're checking our watch and looking at what's next and what does our schedule say. God doesn't work that way. So remember that this is a journey one day at a time, one step at a time, holding his hand. And then E, enjoy the gifts. The biggest thing I can tell you about this is that when you leave a full-time job with a 401k and an hourly wage and, you know, insurance benefits and bonuses and all of that, and you step into full-time ministry, (laughs) I still laugh. It's not the same. You're not getting paid consistently. You you don't know um, what it's going to look like next week and if there will be enough money there. It's it's a day by day, step by step, trusting in God. And it has taken me a bit to get there. But these are the kinds of gifts that God gives that looks totally different than my paycheck and my 401k and all the other things that came from when I left corporate world. I mean, it might be someone taking me out for dinner. It might be someone handing me money saying, here, I I want this for your ministry. It it might be this unexpected surprise that that comes in the mail uh, with a check that says, hey, please, please use this for whatever you need for the ministry. It's, it looks differently than what the world says but it still happens. It's still there. And and as I continue to step out in faith and trust God that he's going to provide for me, he does because that's what God's word tells us. So enjoy the gifts. Enjoy the little gifts that God gives us along the way, the little and big gifts, and know that it's not going to look like before, but he's going to provide for you. And it's beautiful. 
I want to leave you with a Bible verse today. Matthew 6, 33. I want you to hold on to these words because I have these words taped in my prayer closet. And I look at them as I'm sitting there spending time with God and I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm focusing on just this one thing. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I need to focus on one thing, just one, and that my focus needs to be on the kingdom of God and, and everything that God wants to do in me and through me. Just one thing. And when I do that, everything else falls into place. It's so different from my old life. My old life, I was so scattered and had racing thoughts and was constantly from one thing to the next, trying to fill this God-shaped hole in my heart with the world and things of the world. And nothing satisfied me. Nothing satisfied my heart until I finally admitted that I was ready to be rescued and that I was finally ready to surrender myself to God. And then this, it goes on in verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. One day at a time, one step at a time, trusting in the Lord. Do you want to be rescued today? If you do, then you need to trust in Jesus. Surrender your life to him and live one step at a time, one day at a time, holding his hand. Isn't it time to get up out of the mud? Let me tell you, my friends, the life that I'm living now holding on to Jesus is so beautiful and it's so different than what it used to be. I want to encourage you to take that step today to allow the Lord to rescue you and to surrender to him. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for everything that you are doing and how you are trying to let us know your heart, that you want to rescue us. But to do that, we need to surrender to you. We need to surrender to your authority. We need to surrender to your word. We need to lay down these things of the flesh and focus on your kingdom and your righteousness. And when we do that, Lord, you supply all of our needs. You take care of us. It looks differently than what we might think in our heads or maybe have experienced in our life already, but you do it. You're faithful. You do it in me every single day, Lord, and I know that it's possible for every single person that's watching today and listening. But we need to surrender. We need to trust in you. And so, Lord, if there is anyone out there right now that is ready 
to surrender their lives. Lord, just reach in and grab their hand. Let them repent of their sins and grab onto everything that you have, Lord, trusting and believing, Jesus, that you are our Savior, that you died on the cross, that you were raised from the dead, and that you are waiting for us. Someday you're going to come back and take us home. But until then, we choose to live each day choosing you. I pray for special needs out there, Lord. There are so many people that are struggling and are hurting and are, that need your healing touch, that need your provision, that, that need you to move supernaturally in their lives. And I just pray, Lord, today against the enemy that he is no longer allowed to manifest himself in their situations, in their health, in their lives. And that you, Jesus, promise us healing and abundant life and joy. We Loose those things that are holding on to them today and we bind them to your word and we thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for what you are going to do. Thank you for this time. We seal this all up by the blood of Jesus and we just thank you, Lord, as we step out today and into this brand new week. Let us seek you first and Lord, we trust and believe that you will provide the rest in your timing and for your glory. And we ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus who saves. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today, for joining us. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to spend time with you. And I just pray over you that you have a beautiful, blessed week. We're going to be spending more time over the next few weeks until we make our way to the cross, looking at rescue stories until we get to Easter Sunday. Stay tuned. We will be having a Good Friday service. Uh, lots of things. Stay, uh, stay tuned to the Facebook page to find out more information. But thank you for being here. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.